0: Hey, thank you for tuning in. The following is an episode from Ramble on the Road, the companion podcast to Ramble by the River. This is just a sneak peek, and there's a lot more where that came from, so if you enjoy this episode today, and you'd like to become a member of the Patreon group, help support the show and get access to all these bonus features, extra episodes, and merch, head on over to ramblebytheriver.com, click the subscribe link at the top of the page, and that will take you straight to the Patreon. Once you're there, you select your subscription tier and get listening. It's easy. It's easy and it's quick. And it's cheap. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those similar podcast providers, go ahead and click that follow button or like button or whatever they've got on there. It will really help me spread the show around. And it will also help you to catch all the new episodes. But enough about that. Let's get to the show. You can find Ramble by the River on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Ramble by the River, and on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. Any of this information and anything about the show can be found at ramblebytheriver.com. Without further ado, please enjoy this special presentation of Ramble on the Road. Enjoy the show. Spot of gold. Okay, here we go. I'm ready. That was a very nice send-off. I really love my little family. Here we go. I had the truck all loaded up, everything ready to go, and then I realized I didn't have my phone. So I had to run back in really quick, and as I run up to the deck, I notice a little blonde girl standing there in her underwear eating a popsicle. And of course this little blonde girl is Amelia. And I mean it's 7:30 in the morning and she's standing there with a popsicle her underwear. This girl loves summertime. What she's been doing lately is stealing popsicles. And they're the healthy kind. I mean as healthy as a popsicle could really be. But you know they're the Outshine I think is the brand. They're made out of fruit. They're good. They're actually delicious. Uh, We've been buying these popsicles and she just goes in and takes them and I'm Actually kind of fine with it. It's not that big of a deal. She thinks she's being very sneaky, but whatever First thing in the morning. That's what she did today Well, I was getting ready for work. Melissa said that she had just pulled her out of the pantry And she walked in and Amelia was double fisting it with two popsicles. Oh my god. Holy shit Oversized load going around the corner entering the tunnel They're taking about one and a half lanes, and I'm in a big truck, so I didn't have a lot of room. Inches, inches on either side. Scary stuff. Oh, man. What a day. It's beautiful out here. I'm pretty excited to go to work. It's been a long weekend. Today's Monday. And yeah, it's a nice day. It's a beautiful day, and it's time to go to work, and I'm happy about it. I had a good weekend, though. Really good weekend, actually. Dropped a f- episode of the podcast, the Rose Gerber episode. Had a really nice time just spending time with the family. I got a lot of good quality time with the girls. The boy was off fishing most of the time, so I didn't see him much, but I saw him a little bit. Mostly just girl time. So this is a replacement episode of Ramble on the Road because I made one on Friday, I think it was Friday, and it didn't sound good. The sound quality was terrible. I used a microphone that I don't usually use, and I peaked it the whole time, so it just sounded awful, and I couldn't subject you guys to that. Not after setting a precedent of so much high quality sound, it just didn't seem right. So instead I'm going to re-record it, and to be honest I wasn't talking about anything profound anyway. I did talk about our trans chicken, which is pretty big news, but I can fill you guys in on that. Quite a saga! Quite a saga with the the old trans chicken, Lucy. Lucy, the trans rooster. If you recall, my wife and the kids found this chicken. They were going for a hike, and they found a chicken. It was a small chicken and appeared to be a hen. So they scooped her up and foolishly brought her back to our house to introduce her to our chickens. That is a delicious seltzer water. Key Lime LaCroix. Can we just talk for a second about the rise to fame of seltzer water? When I was a child, there was talking rain, right? We all remember talking rain. It was in everybody's grandma's pantry, and it tasted like garbage. I remember being uh, 13, going to mow a lawn at my grandpa's house, and they brought me out of talking rain. I spit it back in their face. It was disgusting. How could you possibly think this would be good? Somebody took all the sugar out of this. This soda's gone bad. But somehow, little, little by little, they took up market share. And I'd say by 2018, they're fully established as like a whole other subgenre of, of beverages. I finally got on board around 2019. And I got to say, I like it. I like the bubbly water. It's delicious. I still don't drink the plain shit. That sounds like a, uh, like a lunatic thing to do. Just plain water with bubbles in it. Kind of a person would do such a thing. Not me. But, I don't know, the pomple You know? Pretty good. The pastique? Quite refreshing. A little limon in your life? Sure. Anyway, I digress. This chicken. (gasps) My daughter at the time, Amelia, was three. And she made fast friends with this chicken. She named it Lucy because she found it on the loose. And they became fast friends. She carried her around all the time. They were just, like, bonded. As luck would have it, Amelia became distracted with other things, and eventually she stopped holding this chicken, stopped petting the chicken, and just let the chicken assimilate to chicken life with the other chickens. After about six months of that, we started hearing these kind of stunted rumblings from the coop. A little... Little sounds like that. Little chicken sounds. Lucy was becoming a rooster. It was terrible. It was a sad day because you know when you find out you have a rooster that bad things are in your future. Bad things are in store for you. You're either going to have to kill that motherfucker or he's going to start raping and pillaging your hens. And you're going to have a bunch of jizzy eggs and a bunch of... Hens with no tail feathers on their asses. bare assed hens and flat, jizzy eggs. You don't want that. That's not why you have chickens. I mean, sure, you get a delightful wake-up call every morning at 4.59 (laughs) a.m. And sure, the whole neighborhood appreciates that. Because how else are we going to know it's morning time? Almost. But is it really worth it when you have to deal with hearing the sounds of chicken rape throughout the day? I say No. So, when I get a rooster, I chop his fucking head off. And I don't feel bad about it. What's going on here? There appears to be a boat in the road. I see police lights. Uh, I see a flare. Oh, do we have an accident? What do we got here? What do we got? There's a police officer. A boat. Oh my god. That sucks. Somebody lost their trailer. Oh man. Big-ass North River boat with a bunch of pole holders on the side. Stuck in the middle of the road. Jeez Louise. Coastal life, huh? Back to the chicken. So when we started hearing Lucy doing all these cockadoodle doos we just assumed, oh, we called this one wrong. She's a rooster after all. Kind of strange, though. She still isn't very big. She's still kind of a small bird. Didn't think much of it. Maybe she's a bantam which is like a smaller version of a chicken. I mean, it's a Bantam chicken. It's a smaller chicken. Maybe she's a Bantam. Maybe it's just a, a breed we're not familiar with. I don't know. Maybe it's a wild chicken. Who knows? You found it in the woods. But we didn't really think much about it. And months went by, and the chicken continued to, to cock a as best she could, which wasn't great. She just didn't have the power. I mean, we've had some roosters that could fucking belt it. Big Red... Big red was just insane the way he could cockadoodle doo. Really a beautiful bird. Truly a beautiful bird. Like, his tail feathers were just huge and black with like green fluorescence on the side, and the light hit it weird with like shine green. Super cool. But most importantly, he could just fucking rip when it came to cockadoodle-dooing. I mean, everybody knew the sun was about to rise. It's this chicken did its fucking job. But Lucy, not so much. Lucy was kind of a bitch when it came to cockadoodle doing. And I can't hold that against her. She didn't have the frame for it, she didn't have the diaphragm support. You really got to be able to push the air if you're going to make a really good crow. Meanwhile, we got this raccoon issue. These neighborhood raccoons are ripping our chickens through the fence, traumatizing my wife. If you've never seen a chicken trying to be pulled through a fence, we're talking chicken wire fence. One inch, one and a half inch, something small. You can't fit a chicken through a one and a half inch hole. But you can try. And try they did. It makes it appear as if the chicken has been fired through a cannon at a fence. So it's partially through, but not all the way. And the parts that made it through are not happy about it. That's enough. That's enough. I won't traumatize you anymore with this horrible story about grotesque chicken violence. But suffice to say, the chicken numbers were dropping. At an all-time high, I think we had like a dozen chickens. And little by little, the raccoons picked them off. Neighbor dogs picked them off. Uh, Our own dog probably has got a few if I really think about it. But down to two chickens. Lucy the transsexual rooster... And one Rhode Island red hen. A fine laying hen with a delicious cream colored egg. Light brown, one solid color, no speckles. Beautiful eggs, delicious. A pretty much signature shape, size, and color every single day. And these two birds just palled around for a few weeks. And we just got one type of eggs. And then one day, suddenly, I looked in the coop. And I noticed, on the ground, I see an egg. Huh, that's interesting. That red hen usually lays the eggs up in the nesting boxes. What is this shit? And I pay a little closer attention to this egg. And I look and I notice, wow, well, this egg's not cream colored. It's dark brown. Like, almost like a, a clay color. And it has dark brown speckles on it. This egg has come from another chicken. This is not a Rhode Island Red's egg. This is Lucy's egg. What? But I thought Lucy was a rooster now. She's trans. She identifies as a rooster. She likes to get up early. She likes to go cock-a-doodle-doo. She likes to attack small children and women. But she still has a female hen biology, and she still lays eggs. I gotta get some gas. Yeah, so that's how I found out she's actually a hen, because she's laying eggs. Not a lot, though. She's laid, like, two eggs in the last two months. So I think that there's something going on with her hormones, for sure. I don't know. If if there's any chicken experts out there who understand chicken hormones, chicken endocrine systems, let me know, because I'm actually super curious about this. I've always heard that this will happen if you have a a flock of, of chickens and there's no rooster in the mix they'll make one. One of those hens will just decide, yeah, I think I'm going to be a dude from now on. And she'll flip, and something will change in her biology, and she'll be able to start producing male hormones. I think. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. But anyway, that's what it appears to have happened. So, Lucy, the trans hen, and I don't know if it was because she felt like she had more to prove. Oh, by the way, I'm not getting the pronouns wrong, so don't write me any angry emails. Lucy is a female bird. She identifies as a male. She practices a rooster's life and lifestyle. I mean, she is macking on bitches and cockadoodle doing every morning. That's a rooster life. She's living a predominantly male life. But she still goes by the name Lucy. She still looks. Fairly hen She's kind of a little bit of a hybrid. She's got a little bit longer tail feathers than normal hens, but not as long as a rooster. Her little mohawk thing, a little bit longer than average hen, but not as long as a rooster. Same with the little waddle thing on their neck. I should learn chicken words. I don't know what those things are called, but they're all just a slight bit bigger, and but not nearly as big as a full-size rooster. She's even growing her spurs out. I don't know if you know what those are, but... On the back of a chicken's leg, they grow like an extra thumb made out of claw material. It's just a fucking nasty claw, and roosters get really big ones. They grow them out to, like, be a couple inches long. And, uh, they're sharp, and they can tear the fuck out of stuff. That's what they use in in cockfights. This hen is growing little spurs. Or was. Oh, baby deer. A lot of baby deer out right now. Now, I don't know if it was because she felt like she had more to prove or if it was just her natural personality, but Lucy started getting me. Lucy started chasing the dog, chasing my daughters, chasing my son. In general, she never really came after me. I was a little bit too big, I think. She just got a little scared. But then last week, she started getting ballsy. I mean, ballsy for a chicken with no balls. And she was running at me a little bit. Not too bad, but just kind of trying to test the waters. See, like, is this guy a bitch or what? And I was. I'll be honest, I bitched out. I didn't like it. It caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared. And I was a little bit offended. Like, you little bitch. I have raised you, I saved you from the wild, and I've fed you, I've clothed you. I mean, I didn't clothe it, but I would have if she asked. What the fuck's going on here? The road break? Man, Highway 101, Pacific Highway 101 through Washington State is fucking destroyed. The road is so beat up, it's crazy. There's three different spots where the road's just, like, crumbling. It's kind of sad, kind of scary. Yeah, anyway, so the other day I came walking out of the studio and... I was confronted by Lucy. And the other hen too, but she wasn't meaning anything by it. Lucy was standing there in front of the door, and I think when I opened the door I scared her, and it just made her attack. And that attack scared up the other hen, so I got two fucking chickens flapping in my face. And I had just been staring at a computer screen for five hours and not talking or moving, so my brain was kind of like, you know, in that zone where everything's just, it's like hypersensitive and like anxious but irritable and it's just not in a good place staring at the computer for five hours place that's the zone I was in and so when these two chickens started flapping in my face it just about gave me a fucking heart attack and I didn't know what it was at first it just it startled me wasn't expecting it and it I didn't I didn't I didn't care for it I didn't react well I tried to kick the chicken I didn't kick it I missed she was still flapping all over the place try trying to chase me and I'm trying to kick her and It's not good. I ran. I ran into the house and the chicken chased me. And I felt like a little crying sissy girl. But it is what it is. This is the truth. I let it slide. I thought, you know, Lucy, while I don't love that you did that to me, I do understand. You were scared. I was scared. Nobody meant anything by it. Let's just forget about it. Water under the bridge. Next morning, I'm getting up. Grab my stuff, I'm heading out the door, I'm heading to work. As I'm walking across the backyard to go get in my truck, I spot Lucy from across the yard. And this is not unusual, I see Lucy in the yard all the time. But today, she noticed me, and she just came booking it towards me. Spurs, bared, just ready to just fucking attack me. So I didn't like that. I'm like, uh-oh, this isn't good. And I ran, and she just chased me, and then she just waited at the sliding glass door for me to come back out. And I thought that was fucking awful. Because I was stuck in my own home. Prisoner in my own home. I'm pulling into the gas station now. I'm going to get some gas. Because I'm almost out. Wow, it's already August 15th. That's insane. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, I buy a lot of gas. I feel like I'm always here. What is it with Oregon and not letting people pump their own gas? What's the justification for that? I like the only state. It's very weird. On the road again. I just can't wait to be on the road again. Okay, where was I? I believe I was at the part where Lucy attacked me first thing in the morning. And I didn't like it. So after I got myself to safety from this chicken... I decided, enough, I don't need to deal with this. My daughters have been attacked, my dog's been attacked, I've been attacked, the hen's been attacked. This damn chicken got to go. So I loaded up my gun and I went up to the balcony and I spotted Lucy where she was waiting for me. She was just pacing, pacing on the deck out in front of the door, waiting for me to come back out so she could fuck me up because she'd had enough of my shit, and she was about to do something about it. But I got to it first, and I put a pellet in the back of her head, dropped her right there on the porch. I felt pretty bad about it. I did not enjoy it. I don't like killing anything. I really don't like killing things that I have spent a lot of money on food for. But she was dangerous. It had to be done. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I put her in a garbage bag, and I put her in the back of the truck, and I told my wife, hey, I'm going to go drop this chicken in the woods, and then I'm going to head off to work. So that's what my plan was. And so I loaded the chicken up in the truck, and I headed off. I was going to maybe swing by and get a donut at the bakery after I dropped the chicken in the woods. And I know of a good spot with lots of coyotes out there along the road in Chinook, so I was just going to stop on my way, toss the chicken off into the trees, and... on my way. Go get a donut. But wouldn't you know it, I got so excited trying to think about what kind of donut I'd like to eat that I forgot to stop and drop off the chicken. So I just went to the bakery and got my donut and then went on with my life with a dead chicken in the back of the truck. Fast forward. Now it's 6 p.m. and I'm done with work. I'm back home. It's been a hot one. My truck is black and it has a black tonneau cover on it. So the inside of that bed, I don't know, probably gets 150 degrees during the day on a hot one. And it's been a hot one. The sunny weather gets me thinking. You know what? It's been a rough day. I had to kill a chicken this morning. I had to go to work. We need some fun. Kids, load up. We're going huckleberry picking. So everyone, yay, you know? Yay. Everyone grabs a, a pail and... Their boots, and we we load up in the truck, and we're going to go out and pick some huckleberries. So when we get to the place where I think there's going to be huckleberries growing, I remember, oh, this is the same place where I uh, was going to throw that chicken. And then it all hits me, and I realize I never did that. I have a dead chicken in the back of the truck, and it probably stinks. So I act fast, and I say, Sawyer, get out here. Girls, stay in the truck. And I acted like I had some kind of a problem with sawyer and i had to give him a a talking to so i pulled him out of the truck i said sawyer i fucked up man i fucked up the chicken is dead it's in the back of the truck i cannot let amelia see it it's going to ruin huckleberry picking and she's going to be traumatized this is like her buddy her friend and i killed her friend can you help me and he's like yeah i'll help and i said i'm going to take the girls i'm going to come up with an excuse for you to stay here and then we're going to go off into the woods and start picking huckleberries, you hang back, grab the black bag in the back of the pickup, and then go dump it somewhere where a coyote can get it. And he's like, done, no problem. So I go back in the truck, I get the girls, I'm like, all right, let's go. Sawyer just sat there, and Elsa was like, what's going on with Sawyer? Why isn't he coming? And I was like, oh, leave him alone. He's probably talking to a girl or something. And she's like, no, seriously, what's going on? And I was like, Elsa, seriously, it doesn't matter. He's he's on his phone. Just leave him alone. He'll catch up with us. And she was very skeptical. Very skeptical. Hold on, I got to pass a Jeep. All right. I got him. All right, so we get in the woods. And I could see Sawyer's head over the tall grass... He's kind of just following along our same trail. And I realize there's not that many places to go. The girls can see him. And this is not working out well. So I'm just like, okay, girls, let's, there's the Huckleberry Bush. Right over there, I can see it. And they're like, what, where? I'm like, come on, follow me. And Elsa's like, let's just wait for Sawyer. He's right there. And I'm like, no, let's go. Come on, please, let's just go. Elsa, come on. And she's like, no, Dad, I'm going to wait for Sawyer. He's right here. And I was like, no, Elsa, please, just listen to me. Come, please, the Zuckleberries. And uh, she was very upset with me and thought I was being a dick. But I really just needed her to understand, to just listen, you know? Not to have to understand everything all the time. But that's not her style. And so I, I, I didn't get her. She just wanted to stay and wait for Sawyer, and she was just going to ignore me. And so I grabbed Amelia, and we walked up ahead a little bit, and Sawyer dumped the chicken and came back up and... I eventually had to tell Elsa, like, hey, Elsa, it wasn't because I didn't think you. I, like, I wasn't trying to bust your balls. I was just trying to protect Amelia's feelings. And you were kind of involved because you're with her. If she wasn't around, I could have let you know what was going on. We're just dumping a dead chicken. It's not a big deal. I wasn't. It was no secret cool thing that you were missing out on. I was just trying to keep Amelia's feelings protected because she's a little girl. That's all. And Elsa got that just fine. She understood. She just wants to be in on it. She just wants to know what's going on. And I don't blame her. So now we're down to one chicken. Just one single beautiful Rhode Island red. And she's nice. And something else about chickens, if they have a flock, they'll be a part of a flock. But if you just have one single chicken living with humans, it tries to flock up with humans. So this chicken that we've never really been friends was before never had a real relationship with now it's just following everybody around all day long just clucking around the yard eating bugs just like hanging out and her and root Ru- not ruby weird her and poppy have become fast friends at first poppy was like grabbing her by the throat and bringing her over to us and dropping her at our feet repeatedly uh, but now they're like buddies and they play together and they have a good time and it's kind of cute Like one of those internet videos where like a a lion becomes friends with a snake. Or like a chick becomes friends with a hippopotamus or something. It's cool. So that's my chicken tail. I think this will be the last time we have chickens. After this last chicken dies. I'll probably make the kids eat it. Just as like a, to show the finality of everything. We'll kill her, pluck her as a family. And butcher her as a family. And eat her as a family. Make a soup maybe. She'd probably make a delicious soup. It's weird when you think about eating your pets. Because that's what those chickens are to us, they're pets. We've never eaten one before. We eat their eggs. Well, at least I do. But most people don't even eat their eggs, most of my family. Melissa doesn't like eggs. And the kids don't like eggs. We've got some great stuff coming up on the podcast in the next few weeks. This week, the episode will feature Kelly Hughes-Ham. Kelly's running for state representative, and she dropped by the studio to hang out and chat for a little bit. It was a good talk, and you guys are going to enjoy it. The week after that, we have an episode featuring Ned Heavenridge of the Brownsmead Flats. Ned stopped by, and we had a nice chat about music and the local community and family and everything. It's great. Amelia makes a special appearance in the second half of that episode. She comes in and does a little dance while Ned is playing, so we might want to put that video up on the Patreon. It's pretty cute. I've been trying to get more into using video content, but it is very tricky, mostly just because it's so time consuming. It's hard to know how much time it's worth investing in making a video clip because I've got a lot of video content now, but none of it is finished, like none of it is polished up or or cut together. It's all just raw video and I don't know what to do with it. The files are so big, it's hard to really put it on the internet. The first time I recorded a podcast episode in video, it was 36 gigabytes. That is insanely large because I, like an idiot, I recorded it in 4K HD, and that's really not necessary for what I'm doing here. So the the newer ones I've recorded in low resolution, like I don't even remember what it is, seven seven twenty by something, but it's better because you can still tell exactly what's going on. You don't need to see my pores. You don't need to see what my pores look like. They're big. You could probably see them anyway. But eventually, yeah, I'd like to have a video version of the podcast that comes out every week at the same time, just like the audio version. And I'm not sure what that's exactly going to look like yet. But I do, I do think it would be good to make it happen. I read a thing that said 40% of people who listen to podcasts find them on YouTube. So I think that if I'm not making some kind of YouTube presence, I'm leaving... Listeners on the table. Oh, man. Dead owl. Somebody hit a little owl. Sad. Owls are cool birds. I like them a lot. I always think they're significant. Every time I see one, at least alive, it feels significant. Like it means something. Like it's a sign from the universe. They also are very, very involved. Like When I see a bald eagle, I just see the bald eagle living its bald eagle life. But when I see an owl, the owl sees me back. And we are equally intrigued with each other. Which is a whole different experience than just like watching an eagle kill a crow or watching an eagle having a, you know, a love fall where the two eagles fly up in the air and they clasp each other claw by claw. And then they tumble down to the earth together in a a loving embrace. That's one thing. But to see an owl sit on a branch eight feet above your head, just staring into your eyes, into your soul, that is just a whole nother ball game. Or actually, that's a whole nother bird game. And it's one I quite enjoy. I've always loved owls. And whether it's a coincidence or not, to me it's a meaningful coincidence, also known as a synchronicity, Carl Jung. But they do generally seem to happen when I need a sign. Like when I'm trying to make a big decision in my life or trying to decide what route to take. If I see an owl, I know that like, okay, this is a fork in the road. It's almost like they're guideposts. And when I'm not sure if I'm making the right decision or not, if I see an owl, I usually will feel like, all right, even though this decision is scary, I think it's the right one. I'll give you an example. Towards the tail end of my first marriage, I was really struggling emotionally. I felt very alone. I wasn't sure if I was the bad guy or not and I just did not know what to do. I had my dog Daisy and we were going for a walk on the beach trail. It's beautiful and it's smooth and it's just a really great place to clear your mind and walk. So that's what we were doing and it was probably midnight and me and Daisy are walking down the beach trail by moonlight. It was a full moon night, it was bright out, and it was just gorgeous. And as we're walking up near, kind of by the Chautauqua Lodge, there's a place where the trail kind of forks, and right at that spot, there's a bench. And me and Daisy decided to take a little breather. I think I probably made the decision mostly, and Daisy just went along with it, if I'm I'm being honest. But I sat down on this bench, and I was praying. And I was just like, should I get divorced? I really feel like I should get divorced. But the Bible says not to get divorced. My mom is telling me that I'm going to go to hell if I get divorced. No, that's not right. My mom is telling me that God doesn't want me to get divorced, even though I kind of felt like he did. And so I was asking him. I was like, God, I feel like I should get divorced. I want to get divorced. I think..." My wife wants to get divorced. We should just get divorced, right? But I just was scared. I I really didn't want to make a decision that I was going to regret. And I kept picturing myself as an old man, fat and alone, and regretting getting divorced. Be like, yeah, she was hard to live with, but at least I wasn't alone. So I was afraid. I was afraid of the outcomes. I was afraid of doing what I knew I was supposed to do because I was afraid of the outcome. And I knew in my heart that the divorce was what needed to happen. It was what was better for her. It was what was better for me. It was very obvious to a lot of people. I was just afraid. And I was asking for God to show me a sign. And then I'm sitting here on this bench and I notice an owl comes swooping in and it's chasing some bird or mouse or something through the dunes. So it's like swooping down into the dunes and then flying back up again and getting a, a view and then swooping back down. And it was awesome. Didn't think the owl noticed me at all. And me and Daisy are just sitting there on this bench and then this owl, all of a sudden, while I'm sitting here praying, this owl just flies straight at me. Like straight at me. Like it actually frightened me because this thing is coming straight at me. And then at the last second, he just flies up, like pulls up and opens his wings like Like a, like a parachute six feet from my face, really, really close to me. It was such a statement. This owl like flew at me and then just like, it was weird, I, it's hard to describe. It made a sound. It was like poof, cause it just it, like flopped swings up at the last moment and it went up and it was just like shocking and amazing and beautiful. And this owl looked me dead in the eyes, just fucking straight in my face as it presented itself to me. And I just was filled with this knowledge that I was doing the right thing. And even though it was scary, and even though it was going to lead to a lot of pain for her and I, it was the right thing, and eventually it would lead to the best outcome. And I felt peace about it. And that is not the only time this happened. That was probably the first time. And I think the reason it was significant to me at the time is because this is when the term spirit animal, was becoming very popular. Spirit animal is like, people want to act like it's from Native Americans, but Native Americans don't say spirit animal. So it's not cultural appropriation. It's more of like a, I don't even know. It's like cultural faking really. But people were talking about what animal they relate to as a symbol. And I was telling people that mine was the owl. They're wise, they are thoughtful. They're fierce when they need to be, but most of the time they're just kind of hanging back and watching. And I relate to all of those things. So I felt connected. And then when this happened, I was like, oh my God, now it's just like solidified. This is my animal. And so now I actually look for it. I look for opportunities to see them and you don't see them a lot. It wouldn't feel significant if it was a crow or an eagle, something I see every day. But I see owls maybe once or twice a year at the most, maybe less. And it's always random. They're always out of nowhere. And I like it. I I feel like they're significant moments in my life and I I hope they keep happening. Other than just seeing that dead one, that that sucked, but also did not feel significant. Shit dies all the time. That's the thing with applying meaning to stuff. Meaning is just whatever we make it. Meaning is built. It's not implicit. We have to assign meaning to things. That's why we have to do stuff and think about stuff and feel things and interact with the universe. That's how meaning is established and applied. And you get to choose where it goes. So I think it's really important that we choose things that actually connect to our soul, to our true nature. Anyway, I'm almost to work. So I'm going to get off of this thing and start my day. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this with me. I appreciate you endlessly. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, and I hope you all have a wonderful month. I'll talk to you on the road uh, next month. Thank you very much. I love you guys. Bye-bye. This has been a special presentation of Ramble on the Road, the companion podcast to Ramble by the River, available only to subscribers of the Patreon channel. If you're interested in subscribing and getting all the episodes of Ramble on the Road, as well as other bonus content and merch, head on over to ramblebytheriver.com and click the subscribe link at the top of the page. That'll take you right over to patreon.com ramblebytheriver, where you can select your subscription tier and get listening today. It's easy, it's quick, and it's cheap. Thank you so much for listening, and have a lovely day.